I want to thank the members of our choir who came. Give our choir a hand, won't you? Amen. Amen. There's a text that's been with me all week. And I need to feel the need. I thought I had something else, but it won't leave me alone. So I guess I better visit it again. <clears throat> it's found in John chapter 8. John chapter 8, beginning with verse number 1. John chapter 8, beginning with verse number 1, and a few of the following verses. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Thank you so much. If you would do this for me, I want you to take a moment and turn and look at the person on either side of you. I know you might think that you know that person. I 
but I really want you to know that this text, this subject, this sermon is really not about you, but the person next to you. And the subject, the subject of the sermon is the tragedy of having other people on your hands. The tragedy of having other people on your hands. The text begins in such a beautiful and a serene way. Starts out by telling us that Jesus has spent the night on the Mount of Olives, which was not abnormal for Jesus. He was known often to get away from the crowds, spend some time in isolation. For Jesus knew something that all of us need to know. There is a wonderful connection between isolation and consolation. So Jesus has spent the night, perhaps most likely in prayer. And the Bible shows us his heart, for it says early the next morning, Jesus returns to the temple and having returned there he finds a group of people assumes the position of the rabbi for the rabbis sat when they talked and Jesus sits and begins to teach the word of God when I read this passage Pastor, Pastor Ventus It amazed me to hear the word wording. This, understand, this was raw word. This was pure, unadulterated, unmixed unpolluted word. He was not there quoting anybody. This this was not an echo. This was a voice. The word, you, you remember that John starts out his gospel this way. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the one that was God was in the temple wording with the people. What what a scene. What a scene. I said, said if, 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 if ever I wanted to be in a class, I would have loved to have been in this class. 
he's, he's wording with the people. What a serene scene. When suddenly the serenity of the scene, the peacefulness of the scene is interrupted by a religious group. A religious group. They, they, have, they have come, they have come with a terrible agenda. Terrible agenda. The, the text says that they have brought with them uh, a woman. A woman caught in the act of adultery. Uh, caught. Have you ever been caught? Hmm? See, if if we miss this, we, we miss a major part of the text. The, the tragedy was is that the ones who brought the woman who is called fail to realize that they are called too. They actually thought of themselves as being superior to this woman. Mm -hmm. um, but when you, when you get right down to the basics, um, caught describes us all. Some of us are unsaved and caught. Some of us are saved and caught. But all of us are caught in something. A amen. All of us are caught in something to some degree. All of us are struggling to get free of something. A amen. Amen, amen. Even after you get saved, uh, don't think that you're not still struggling to get free of something. A amen. They, they bring this woman, they bring this woman to Jesus. She's been caught in the act of adultery. But listen, I, I kept reading the text and I came to discover it was a good thing she was called. Yeah, it was a good thing she was called. Because if she hadn't have been caught then, I don't know the far-reaching effects of what could have happened. Amen. She, she could have gotten killed instead of getting caught. She, she could have caught a terrible disease. 
instead of being caught. Amen. 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 So, so, so being caught is not always a bad thing. Amen. There's some folk in prison who are doing three to five because they got caught. And if perhaps they hadn't got caught, they might be doing life. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's, it's good to get caught. A- amen. And so they bring her to Jesus. The Bible says they bring her to Jesus essentially to try to trap him, to, to have some charges to bring against him. They come prepared. They come prepared. Uh, Pastor, when folk come with the wrong agenda, evil is always prepared. Mm? Good is always unprepared. But evil never acts without being prepared. And so they come to Jesus and they say, well, now the law says, the law of Moses says that this woman must be stoned. This woman must be stoned. And essentially, they expect Jesus to agree with them or else to be charged with Um, being in denial of the law of Moses. Amen. And this is a part of the text I love. Jesus stoops down on the ground and begins to scribble in in the dirt. And I looked at that thing and I said, Jesus is going back to the dirt And early in the Bible, when he got ready to make man, he went down in the, in the dirt. Text doesn't tell us what he wrote. But I see in the text Jesus revisiting the day when he made man. He's scribbling in the dirt. The onlookers are standing there. They keep demanding, keep demanding. We brought this woman to you. We are putting her in your hands. Your hands. It's it's left up to you. Putting her in your hands. The law says that the woman has to be stoned. Jesus says, well, all right, all right, then. Do what the law says. Do what the law says with one restriction. With one restriction. Before you carry out the law. Prior to you enacting the law. Each and every one of you. Examine yourself. 
each and every one. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say, well, don't, don't carry out the law. I'm simply saying, before you carry out the law, make sure that you are able to do what the law says because your hands are clean. I have no problem with you enacting the law. The problem is you're being able to enact the law. And so what happens is, is that every individual began to search themselves. And I love the way the text is set up. The text said the old folk. <laughs> the old folk. The ones with the, with the most to remember. The old folk. The ones with the longest record. The old folk began to think to themselves and stones. All over the room, all you could hear was stones dropping. Because essentially what Jesus is saying we look at the text, essentially what Jesus is saying, you brought the woman here to put her in my hands. But I want you to know that I'm putting her back in your hands. Look at that person again next to you. Turn on the other side and look at the other one. I, I come to make an announcement. I come to make an announcement. Whether you know it or not, that person is in your hand. Now, you can come with this, I don't like them. Um, I can't stand them. Um, they ain't right. And all of these other foolish excuses that we come up with, not to love one another, but Jesus says that all of it is of no value. Because in the body of Christ, every time you say, our father, you get a larger family. You get a larger family. And listen, family can't pick relatives. <laughs> family can't pick relatives. I got some crazy folk in my family. Crazy folk in my family. But one thing I cannot deny is that they are part of my family. And in the body of Christ, you got some crazy folk in your family. But the one thing you can't deny is they're your family. And it's tragic. 
This is not wonderful. This is not something to make you happy about. It's tragic having other folk on your hands. They used to sing a song in the church when I was a kid. I don't want nobody's blood stain on my hand. Is there anybody who used to be a member here who left because of your callous? Because of your insensitivity? Because of you looking down on them as though you were better than them. Is there anybody that used to be in the house that left? Because of the way you treated them. Because you didn't know. They are on your hands. You can't pick and choose who you're going to love. You can't pick and choose who you're going to fellowship with. You can't pick and choose who you're going to walk around and speak to and who you're not going to speak to and then get up in the choir and sing, I love the Lord. No, you don't. If you don't love me, you can't love the Lord. That's the real tragedy. Oh, yeah, that's the real tragedy. The real tragedy is having other folk on your hands. Uh, and yeah, 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 we want to bring them to Jesus. We want to give them to Jesus. But Jesus says, no, I'm going to give them right back, right back. To you. Right back to you. And I don't know how it is at New Mission. But we're working on unity at St. Mark. Amen. Because it really doesn't matter how many folk you have. If they're not united... Where there's unity, there's strength. And a house divided cannot stand. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody ought to be welcome in the church. Yeah. Everybody ought to be welcome in the church. If he's a drunk, stagger on in here. Stag on in here. We saved some drunks at St. Mark. Yes, we did. Amen. Yeah. Look at your, look at your hands again. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That folk on your hands. Huh? Other folk on your hands. See, see, when you realize that, you don't just come to church to get your blessing. When you realize that other folk on your hands, 
you come to church to be a blessing. You, you come to church to be a blessing. You, you come to prayer meeting because you want to encourage other people by your presence. You come to Sunday school so that you can encourage other people by your presence. Amen. Because you're concerned about the general welfare of the church. Amen. This, all of this individualism has got to go. All of this individualism has got to go. Amen. Uh, God is looking for servants. He's not looking for stars. Amen. 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 There are other folk on our hands. Amen. And so when you come to church in a bad mood, censor yourself before you speak. Amen. Be careful before you speak. Amen. Amen. For it's tragic having other folk on your hands. On your hands. Your hands. Your, your hands. Not, not the person next to you, but your hands. Touching somebody's life. Enriching somebody's life, encouraging somebody's life, doing everything within your ability, amen, to touch somebody's life, a amen. I, I told a class at church, I, I said, I think when we get to heaven, God is going to tell us, look around and show me somebody you helped get up here. So one of my members said, well, Pastor, suppose ain't nobody up there. I said, I think he's going to say, well, look down in hell and show me somebody you tried to get up here. Because God didn't just save us for us. He didn't just save us to be individual and single and solemn all by ourselves but it's touching other people's lives. He's the pastor, but you are the ministers. Yeah, 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 you are the ministers. Yeah, touching other people's lives. Yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah, because people are on your hands. Yeah, people are on your hands. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and so... All of the rocks drop. Crowd is gone. Jesus stands up again and says, Woman, where are all your accusers? She says, There are none. Lord, he says, Neither do I condemn you. But I don't condone you either. And so he says, go, and listen what he says. He says, go and don't do that to yourself anymore. Because see, in reality, it was not what she was doing with another person. It was what she was doing to you herself. How, how many of you have found that out yet? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was what she was doing to herself. And Jesus says, stop doing that to yourself and go and do it no more. Uh -huh. 
do it no more. And then the text is open-ended. Doesn't tell us what happened to it. I know how we wish it would read. And I hope it did read that way. But she went away, thought on her ways, and turned from those ways for the rest of her life. But the text doesn't tell us that. But it does cause us to understand. First of all, if people are going to bring you before anybody, <laughs> you surely want to hope that they bring you before Jesus. Amen. 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 But remember, as I prepare to take my seat, this idea of caught describes us all. All. We are all caught in something. Amen. We're all caught in something. So it behooves none of us to think that any of us is better than the rest of us. Because all of us are caught struggling, literally struggling to be free of something. Amen. That's what keeps us coming to church. We don't come because we're free. We come because we know we're caught. Amen. We know we're caught and struggling to be free from something. And because we're all on equal footing, if we realize it, we're all in each other's hands. Tragic, yes. But real, yes. Boy, made that song says, I, I need you. You need me. We're all a part. God's body. Stand with me. What's the rest of it? Agree with me. We're all a part. God's body. Okay? What's the rest of it? It is his will that every need be supplied. Huh? You are what? Say it again. You are what? Oh, you, you'll let me know. If I'm important to you, you'll let me know. You'll let me know by the way you treat me and the way I treat you. If I'm important to you, I won't have to guess. I'll know by your behavior towards me. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then what's that part about? Huh? I'll pray for you and... You pray for me. Huh? Yeah, I love you. I need you to survive. Yeah, that's, that's the part I like. Says I won't harm you. See, if we ever solve that problem in the church, we ever solve that problem in the church, our churches will improve exponentially. Amen. Flip Wilson used to say, loose lips, sink ships. Amen. And if we ever stop this mouth thing in the church, we ever get that in control. James said, it's a small member, but it can cause a great big old fire. 
if we ever get if we ever get our mouths off each other. Amen. Amen. Because you, you don't want to harm your brother or your sister. You don't want to harm a family member. Amen. You you and then say our father? Huh? Contradiction. You can't do that. You can't do that. All right? Yeah. Once more, look at that person next to you. Now, now I know what you're thinking. I, I, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. See, some of you are thinking, I sure wish I was sitting next to somebody else. Because you are probably sitting next to a high-maintenance person. See, every church, every church got some low-maintenance people and some high-maintenance people. And it just be, might be your misfortune to be seated next to a high-maintenance person. But the high-maintenance people need some help, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you look at that call ID, but you got to answer that phone. Huh? Lord, have mercy, that's them. I don't want to talk to them. And then you say, Lord have mercy. Then my, then on my hands. And God may be the one that directed them to call me. And whether I want them to be or not, right now. on my hands because you can't pick and choose who you're going to love. You never know who's going to need you. Amen. It might be the one that some time ago hurt you. I wish I had a witness. Oh, yeah. Might be the very one that some time ago hurt you, and now they need some help. <laughs> and who they come to. Huh? And the first thing you want to tell them, you hurt me. Huh? But I heard the preacher say, if you don't know nothing about forgiving, that you can't be in this business. If you don't know how to forgive. Huh? And Jesus told Peter, you don't keep count of how many times you forgive. You lose count of how many times you forgive. Because that's the test of love. That's the test of love. Jesus says, when I talked about love, I didn't talk about the nice. I included the nasty. 
Yeah. <laughs> and in the church, we are mutually interdependent on one another. Huh? Yeah. See, 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 the church is where you come. Yeah. Paul says in Galatians, let the strong bear the infirmities huh? of the weak. And when folk read that verse, everybody in the church want to be weak. Uh, yeah. We are challenged. We are challenged to do what we can to comfort, to care for one another. Man, I tell folk at St. Mark, if you have no children, once you got saved, you got children. Yeah, you did. Once you got saved, doesn't matter what your last name is. Huh? This is a family affair. Amen. And we are on each other's hands. Amen. His work will be so much less. See, when we start taking care of each other, then he won't have to run all day and all night trying to take care of you. Huh? Yeah, yeah. When we start ministering to each other, amen, then we won't have to try to minister to the whole church by himself. Amen. When we realize that we're on each other's hands. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads with us, would you? God, how we thank you causing us to realize today that we're all caught in something. Struggling to be free from one thing or another. And in our time alone, in our t conversations with ourselves, we, we realize how many things we are still struggling to be free from. Some of the things we're struggling to be from is malice against somebody. We're struggling to be free of malice. Some of the things we're struggling to be free from is jealousy. Some of the things that we're struggling to be from, be free from is envy. And so, God, we need for you to remind us every day <laughs> that the object of our jealousy, the object of our envy is either a brother or a sister. And they are irreversibly in our hands and on our hands and that's tragic because that means we have to be ever so careful 
how we treat one another. Ever so careful how we talk to one another. Ever so careful. Because we don't want nobody's bloodstains <laughs> on our hands. So we thank you for the lesson. And may the lesson provoke us to remember Pilate. Pilate is in the Bible and he's famous for thinking that he could wash his hands of Jesus. But Pilate had to discover that some things you can't wash off. All of us not only have Jesus on our hands, but we have each other. For we heard him say, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, but love thy neighbor, oh my God, as thyself. So we thank you. From this day on, may we have a greater consciousness of those around us. We ask it in Jesus' name. For Christ's sake, amen. Thank you.